Good evening and welcome to tonight's show. We are talking about Marvel's latest Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, direct, written and directed by James Gunn. Um, I wasn't planning on a show tonight, but I realized that we have a big show tomorrow night that includes our special guest that is tonight uh, for the reading of My Shadow. It's my next narrative film project, and we're doing an audio play version. We did a run through on Wednesday, and it went smashingly. And tomorrow night, we're going to premiere it. It's going to be up for 24 hours, and then I'm taking it down. Will be an encore replaying a week later, and then it will go uh, to Patreon where it shall live. I think I don't plan to have it out in any capacity because eventually the plan is to turn that into a feature length film. I'm very excited. My throat is a little throaty tonight, so you have to excuse it. Uh, I just I took my son to go see Guardians of the Galaxy tonight, the, the third one. Um, I have thoughts. I, I know my guest has thoughts because he was like, hey, man, if you if you're doing Guardians of the Galaxy, I want in. I was like, hell yeah. Nothing more. I love enthusiastic podcasting people. Um, so I'm going to introduce my uh, correspondent for tonight is uh, uh, an old chestnut of mine named uh, Nate Dog, um, who you will see tomorrow night as well. Is it better than Death Rider, though? Did you see our Death Rider episodes? I, you know, I had the second AD on from Death Rider. He, we talked about it. That was pretty cool. All right, let me bring him out. Hi, Nathan. Nate Dog, what's going on? Hi, Jeff. So, welcome to just, tonight's show. Yeah. So you just saw this night. What are your thoughts, man? I want to hear your thoughts. Well, Nathan, we need a little Nate Dog. We need a little foreplay <laughs> before we get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. Um. Let me start by saying that Guardians of the Galaxy has, as you know, the, this is the third in this is the, the completion of a trilogy. And Guardians of the Galaxy is always something that was in my periphery in the realm of Marvel. Like, I know what Guardians of the Galaxy is, but like, I, you know, or I knew what Guardians of the Galaxy was, it's something I'd always heard. But I was just like, yeah, whatever, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, guy with the mohawk, whatever, blah, 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 <laughs> that sort of thing. And then uh, I heard James Gunn was doing the movie. Uh, I saw the first one, didn't really, eh, it was like, whatever. Uh, I saw the second one, enjoyed that a hell of a lot more. And then I revisited both of them and absolutely fell in love with Guardians of the Galaxy. By the way, we were going to spoil the crap out of this gummo. Yes. Um, and Bob Rose yeah. says, Bob Rose says, if anything negative is said, I'm blocking Jeff on all platforms. Bob I'd love to see biggest, you try, Bob. Bob is the biggest Guardians of the Galaxy. He loves Guardians of the Galaxy. He loves James Gunn. He's got a James Gunn boner. And yeah. speaking of boners, Sergio Boner says, I want to take my son to watch it tomorrow. We love the first two. Yeah, I took him tonight. It's a long movie. It's two hours and 49 minutes. That, that, was, a, that was a tall order for my little seven seven year old son but um he you know i bought him a milkshake and some french fries and we sat down and we enjoyed it so much i cried a little bit i got really emotional um yeah, but, it's but, a but hold on. yes it is wait let me just go back to the thing though about before what we were saying it grew on me i rewatched guardians one and two the fatherhood themes in volume two when uh when Rooker sacrifices himself 
for uh, Quill. That movie um, still oh. gets me to this day. Yeah, I, I watched it lunch. like in preparation for this movie, and I hadn't watched it since 2019, and it's still all the beats still felt like the first. Oh time. my god! Now here's the key. Now here's here's what makes James Gunn so great, really truly so great. One, the secret to James Gunn's success, and we could talk about this a little bit more in depth, is he he makes movies with heart. That's what Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean, besides the jokes and besides just all of it, what makes those movies run is just an overwhelming amount of heart. He puts heart, he puts real humanity and love into these things, and he takes it super seriously. He somehow takes it super seriously while not taking it seriously all at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because uh, I'll tell you, the very first I was psyched for the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, not because I was a fan, but just because that was movie came out during my birthday weekend. So I knew what I was gonna do that weekend. I had actually had birthday plans for once in my life. I remember seeing the first trailer and I heard Cooked on a Feeling, and that is a song that just I feel weird whenever I listen to it. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. And then when I got through the movie, I'm just like I felt all the love in that movie. I felt, you know, everything that James Gunn was trying to say, it came through. He, you know, what's again, going back to that idea that like what makes James Gunn so great, it's not like you can give some, give somebody Iron Man, give somebody Superman, uh, mom, mom Longoria, do not stay. I, I know you want to no, stay. Appreciate no, it. no. Do not Look, do not ruin it for it yourself. We're gonna spoil it. Please go. Please if you go. Have I'm not turning seen away this movie, viewers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and 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 mom, uh, mom Longoria, happy Mother's Day to you because I know that mom Longoria is in fact a mom, and this Sunday is Mother's Day. So happy, happy Mother's Day. Um, in any case, here's what makes James Gunn so great is that anybody could take spider-man or iron man and yes like it takes like it takes like you know talent and skill to make them good you it's not like a, a, a sure bet but you're taking something that's like super established like a um what's it called something like a time-honored piece of ip and you are already starting potentially with a lot of goodwill not necessarily you don't necessarily get that goodwill but the, the potential to, for that goodwill is there. And then all but you got to do a is a lot of pressure and also a lot of pressure. But, you know, again, if you, you know, if you do, if you do the thing and you do it right, then you're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to go for it. It's going to happen. It's going to be great. Um, <laughs> Facebook user says, and I'm literally in the parking lot about to see this. Um, well, Come back and join us after you've watched it. Bob Rose says, if you watch one and two after three, it makes them better, especially Rocket's arc. We all have dead people. Oof. Does that hit hard? Um, what makes James Gunn so special, I'm like taking forever to get to my point, is that he took something that nobody cared about outside of like the diehard comic audience and he spun hay into gold, man. Like what he took something that was just on the fringe and he, he transformed it with just his incredible amount of heart. This guy understands comics. 
he under, and you know what the best part is about these movies it's like they're not i mean yes they're kind of bound to plot but they don't it's like it's like they don't necessarily rely on the plot they're not necessarily all predicated on the relationships it's like this weird mixture of everything like this patchwork that just oh my god like he just he somehow because I'm watching the movie and I'm like I cut like I'm following the plot but I'm also kind of like the plot is so inconsequential to what they have to like find a code you know for his 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 heart his death his death okay thing, we are heart. in spoiler territory now yeah if you yeah have yeah. not we seen this know. movie leave right. now right he, they're trying to find, and I could give a shit about the I don't get that's not what's important the thing that's important is rocket's backstory it's the characters and that's what jay and jay does it really well he did it with peacemaker he's yeah. really really good at he did it with suicide oh with the suicide can't, can't say no oh can't say that word on the internet sorry i mean on youtube oh, it's okay un- it's okay it's okay we both the 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 uh the unalived squad, squad the unalived yeah. squad yeah um you know uh he just he finds a way like his movies it's not just like, oh, yeah, Iron Man is Iron Man, and that's what makes it good. You know what I mean? It's the charactership, the, yeah. the story, uh, the whatever, the, I don't, I can't, they can't describe it. And he finds this way, um, you know what it really is more than anything? It's tone. It's the tone. Just, it's the casting. Oh. It's the love of characters that he's working yeah. with. But the tone is so interesting because, as I just, as I said before, it, it takes itself super seriously but also not seriously at the same time. And it's somehow it's so whimsical. Like, you know, you see other movies like it's in a way, in a weird way, I'm rewatching the Batman, uh, Christopher Nolan, Batman movies right now. And um, I'm rewatching those, those right now. And like the thing that's like overwhelmingly nauseatingly, like uh, uh, what's the word Um, intolerable about them is that, they just take themselves so friggin' seriously, man. Like they just, he, he just doesn't, he doesn't understand how to like, even Burton who, ta- who Burton clearly takes himself very seriously, but he understands how to have fun with the material. Yeah, you know what the, I mean? These movies, for, you know, as much as I love them, they do kind of don't know how to be fun. They don't know how to, you know, step back and chill. Right. And that's what James Gunn just has this way. He has a voice in his writing where he weaves the human condition into these, these fantastical ridiculous. Like it's a, there's a walking tree plant guy who only says, I am am over and over and over again. And you know, what's funny. He spent three, three movies having this guy just say, I am Groot over and over and over again. And then the last line he says, I love you guys. And it has such three words, so much impact just by being so repetitive. I mean, the guy just understands. And I got to tell yeah. you, like Bob Rose in the comments, he's super stoked for James Gunn heading up the DC uh, movies and universe, whatever. I'm stoked, man. I'm Especially after that, after just watching this tonight, I'm like really, really stoked. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, honestly, um, you know, it, this is another podcast, but I was not a fan of the DCEU under Snyder. But James Gunn, I think, has, you know, the love and the understanding <laughs> of the source material to, like, you know, make sure. gold out of it. Sure. 
Uh, Bob says, do you guys agree they also really aren't superhero movies? They are so, mu- they are so much more sci-fi. The best sci-fi trilogy Disney has produced in you 20 know, years. Hashtag better than Star Wars. Yeah, I'll, cons- I'll You know, I might, I'll concede that. Yeah, they do work. They do work as pure sci-fi movies. I don't think of them as superhero movies at all. In fact, I have always thought in my mind since revisiting. Remember when I said I rewatched one and two? When I did that rewatch, I suddenly reframed that. I was like, oh my God, this is Marvel's this is Marvel's Star Wars. And it's like, it's basically like Star Wars. Like they're in like a kind of like used future, right? Like everything's kind of like grimy and like, you know, used, used future tech. It operates on all the same levels as Star Wars does, right? You know, spaceships, pirates, you know, uh, whatever, just crazy out, uh, um, you know, off the wall aliens. And yet somehow it's also within the Marvel universe. It's really interesting. Yeah. You know, um, and he, 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 man, man, I mean, he, it's great. It's frigging great. And this trilogy is a really strong trilogy. 10 years, three movies, so much, like so much transpires over these three movies. You know, uh, he still, he still says I am Groot at the end of three. We, the audience can finally understand Groot. Right. I, I, you know what? I, I love that interpretation. It, I, I love that. Um, I, I was, and you know, again, like even like, uh, the, what is his name? The, the great, um, the, the, the bad guy, I forget his the name. The high but... evolutionary. Yeah. The high evolutionary. By, played by Chikudu Uwuji. He He's got great. the role because James Gunn just loved him in Peacemaker. He just said, I want you in my movie. Right. Right. And you know, like, again, like great villain. And I know he's from the comics. I always get him confused with the living tribunal. Um, which is the guy with the three heads. All these right. guys, all these guys are cosmic, all these cosmic entities in, in Marvel and whatnot. Um, and that's the other thing that's great too, is that like with the thing like Guardians of the Galaxy, you can do a thing with ego. In fact, the okay, one thing that I would have loved to see, like, yes, it's like fine as like three, like a three, like a like a trilogy. But I, I would how I would love, and I know it's not. This is a Fantastic Four uh, villain is Galactus. I would love Silver to Surfer. See now but, that now that Disney has the rights for it, I think they are building towards it. Right, but I just like I think Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, if you d- even maybe bring them back when they do Fantastic Four, like bring crossover with the Guardians of the Galaxy for like both Silver Surfer and. Mother effing, um, mother effing, uh, Galactus Louis Carr. What's up, Louis? Um, he's seeing it Sunday. Got a bail for spoilers. You most certainly do, but Louis, you have to come on my show. I miss you, buddy. I miss you. Hope you're well. Hi, evolution. Uh, Bob Rose says, Hi, evolutionary's practical Robocop makeup was so good. Yeah, you really you see his face is stretched over. He's got like a fake face and whatnot. It's really it, brutal. Yeah. It's very, it's very disturbing to look at closely. I mean, here, and you know what's, okay, again, another testament to what we're saying about, like, James Gunn making movies with heart, with, like, heart and, like, humanity. How is it that the most interesting part of all of Guardians of the Galaxy are a robotic walrus, an otter with robot arms, 
a bunny rabbit with spider legs and and rocket raccoon the th- the four of them together in this movie where you have adam warlock where you have spaceships and just like all sorts of crazy cosmic madness and yet you have you have at the core of the story and the most interesting part the thing that we're all waiting for you're like oh my god i can't wait for the next scene that gives us a little bit more of that story i find out you know yeah like i'm not gonna lie like the one character that i think stuck out to me the most when i first saw trailers for the original guardians of the galaxy was rocket like i i like i always hoped that like he wasn't just going to be like a side comic relief character but that he was going to get you know some development and gradually he did you know we get the first inklings of his past in the first one we get a little more in the second one and here it's just he's there at the center could you imagine if james gunn didn't get to make guardians of the galaxy 3 like how much of a crime Oh, that would have been it would have been a oh, crime dude like just like I, I gotta tell you you know because of the circumstances in which james gunn was fired if disney really stuck by that decision they would have been setting an impossible hiring mm. standard yeah like, you would not be able to hire anybody for anything because one look at their social media and you're going to find something that might be a little offensive even if no matter how many years prior to taking the job they said it disney would have to fire them so it had to be James Gunn in this role. Otherwise, I also, you know, sorry. whoever took that role, the the fandom would have been going over that person's, um, over that director's social media post with a fine tooth comb. You know, I want to go back to uh, a second to uh, what you were saying about Rocket Raccoon not being a just a side character and actually yeah. being like a going from a supporting character to almost a main character. I mean, first of all, again, a testament to James Gunn and his genius, like his visionary genius to, to create such pathos and give such um, that pathos to a, 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 a CGI character. And yeah, give it so much here is a creature that's not even human give it so much humanity like just i mean i i just was beside myself and, I, and i'm gonna dive in for a second on ai i want to do a whole podcast on ai especially as how it relates to screenwriting and stuff and i want to use i i the reason why i'm bringing that up for a second is because i want to use james gunn and guardians of the galaxy 3 as an example as to why i don't care how good AI gets or how close they can get. There's never going to be a computer that could write such pathos for a non-human character with so much humanity and give, I mean, Rocket Raccoon should be nominated for a, a best, an Oscar, an Oscar for best actor. Bradley Co- uh, do, you, ah. do you mean Bradley Cooper or do you mean? No, Sean I mean, I mean, like, I mean the fucking raccoon himself, <laughs> like the actual fucking raccoon, man. Like I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is not a real thing that I'm watching emote with so much like tragedy in its life. And I'm going like, God damn, this is brilliant. And it's like, there is not, I'm sorry, there's no, no matter how good AI gets, and AI is amazing, and it's going to only get even more amazing. Eventually, AI is going to figure out how to time travel for us and how to keep us immortal and all this stuff. But I'll tell you something, AI would never be able to conceive of a story like that. They just won't, they just won't. You need 
that story comes from the human experience, from oh, from yeah. uh, a, a, a spiritual human experience. And it's something that James Gunn is just somehow able to connect. And really what's so beautiful about Rocket Rocket's um, full circle sort of uh, arc is that it, it, it leads to the ultimate catharsis. I think at the end of the day, story, what makes story like really effective, it doesn't, this isn't a rule. This isn't like it always has to be. I'm just saying that what can make it really effective. So it's not a blanket be and be all end all, but really good catharsis at the end of an arc. In this yeah. case, you have Rocket coming in touch with what he was so long ago and getting to basically not, he can never change the past, but he's coming in contact with his past self in a way yeah. that he never intended when he frees the, the things raccoons. that were right. The raccoons are just like, but he doesn't know. He keeps saying this whole time. I'm not, I'm a, not raccoon. a raccoon. I'm not yeah. a raccoon. And then he, he comes in it. contact with himself and he turns and he sees that he is in fact a raccoon. I mean, that had me, I, I was absolutely choked up with emotion at that yeah. moment. Because this is like, this is, you know, what, you know, in Greek, the Greeks, they call this gnosis. You ever heard that word gnosis? It's no. gnosis, man. It's it's self-knowledge. He has the knowledge of self, which is what allows him to go forth and continue onward in life, you know? And um, it's, it's fucking beautiful, man. It's beautiful. I just... I, I can't I, I can't say it enough, man. So like, yeah, like AI is coming or it's here and yeah, it's going to change the game and affect everything. But ultimately, is AI going to replace James Gunn? I don't think so, man. No, I don't and, th no, Nothing can replace James Gunn. You and know? AI could never do anything like that. It just it doesn't have the you know, it just it, it doesn't have not it doesn't have the metaphorical heart to write a story like uh, James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Bob Rowe says, I can't type all this into a comment, but Gunn writes himself as Rocket. Yes, so true. So true. Uh, with that in mind, think about the plot as if it parallels to his story with Disney. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So for anyone living under a rock, James Gunn was fired for jokes he made a decade, um, about half a decade, but before Disney ever hired him. Right. And those jokes resurfaced on social media and Disney without any investigation on any regard to the fact that he basically was a good upstanding employee of the company fired him for these statements that they, that they could have found in a background check when they first hired him. It was such a performative act of bullshit, man. It just, yeah. I mean, this is why, and you know, it's funny. Like, I mean, this is, and, know, and just to point out here, you know, if there's any doubt about his character, like literally everybody who worked with him, who knew him basically just, <clears throat> he had this huge outpouring of support from all of his collaborators, past and present. Even Dave Bautista <coughs> took it a step further and said, if you don't use James Gunn's script for Guardians 3, I am not coming back. Yeah. Like, like that's how much um, these people, you know, all the collaborators loved him. 
So, you know, take take from that what you will. Um, Bob Bob Rose says uh, giant corporation that takes cute things and Frankenstein's them into a more efficient product. And uh, the corporate head hates its smartest creation that is more talented than he could ever be, which is literally the plot of which is literally the plot of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I mean, that's what ha- ultimately happens is that this guy, this guy, the, uh, the high evolutionary, the high evolutionary ba- des- decides or discovers that there is no God and therefore he needs to become God in, in order to find meaning where there is no meaning. And um, he creates something that is somehow figured out what he could never figure out. And that's what drives him really it just drives him up the wall and again we see i don't think that's what drives him up the wall like they say in the in the scene where like we see him completely unhinged like one of the people there says we had a breakthrough during treatment and i think that might be some treatment for his condition like whatever right yeah they left that a little because like we see him because prior to that we see him you know he's working with rocket and you know he seems relatively well we see him with the mask on Right, if you will, the metaphorical right. mask on, not the actual Robocop mask. Right, but you know, in that later scene, he's just completely un- unhinged. I think that's him, math, full mad scientist, full mask off, just completely, yeah, w- with the added aggravation of somebody else figuring out what he couldn't. It's just amazing to me that like you had this whole like Rocket's whole backstory like could have been its own movie and like you had an entire guardians of the galaxy movie attached to that movie. That's what this was. You know what I'm saying? Like it just made it so much better because like, it's like, like I'll point out the first and last shots of this movie, the last shot prior to the credits are like a visual inclusio. They're both rocket, both shots of rocket. Right. So if that doesn't drive it home yet, yeah, rocket raccoon is the protagonist of guardians three. Totally. He, I mean, totally. And, you know, I love the way that they left it. I love that Peter Quill goes back home to his grandpa. Yeah. I love everybody's split. And like every single character is just so well written. Everything, the balance, there is a balance there. It balances all of these different elements just so friggin' well. It just, oh, like, um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Like, it just, it finds these little moments like it, like, like James Gunn loves to let a scene linger like a stinky fart <laughs> in, the, but in the, in the sweetest way, like he just lets a scene go on a tad too long, like tad too long than it should. And, and, but, but it, there's always a good reason for it because he likes to, he injects humor, like just great humor into these these little moments there's these little there there's these little things like the good dog bad dog everything has a payoff uh, uh a setup and a payoff even um his brother who who takes over the the magic arrow the whistling arrow yeah um, yeah like he gives him like the simplest of like one two uh beats you know it's like he can't use the arrow really well now he can use the arrow really well the dog is a bad dog. Now he's a good dog. Like James Gunn understands he, he doesn't treat characters badly. He's like, okay, I'm going to give everybody, so- I'm going to give everybody a little something. And then, you know, you, you all are going to, you know, at, by the end of the movie, you'll, you'll have completed your little something, something. Everybody gets 
a little thing. I also love that Gamora doesn't end up with Quill. Oh, I mean, yeah, I agree because it's not the, the the Gamora that he loved is dead. You know, yeah, it just would have been so. It would have been so like sick if it's like somehow she needs to fit what his feelings were of her future self that she doesn't know. Like that was never gonna that that didn't work. That was it, never it could gonna never. Work. No, it could never have happened because that Gamora in Guardians Three did not have the same experiences that um, that the original Gamora had. Right. It could never have happened. Right. So it was good that you know, and I'm sure like th- he probably had like suits who were like, uh, uh, here here's a note, James. Like you know, make they need to fall in love at the end. And James Gunn was like, no, no, yeah. Like, you know that James Gunn laid his foot down. It was like, that's not happening. They have to stay apart. It it made so much sense for the story. Like, and, you know, to, you know, to his credit, it's like they genuinely did have her, you know, go through Peter's bag. And I think she understands why she could have fallen in love with him. Um, you know, because right. I think she realizes that, you know, he was ripped away from his family at a young age and she can understand that feeling. Well, you know what's interesting, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I did get a sense that maybe she did kind of fall for him a little bit more than she than she let on, and was but but like stu- stayed true. Yeah, she stayed true to herself in that I'm not in love. I'm not going to obligatorily be in love with this person because some v- future version of myself. Did, uh, had gone that way. I know who I am. I am what I am, and I'm not that. And I exactly. thought that was cool. I thought that was cool. And fucking what's her face has come so far. Um, <clears throat> uh, Nebula. Oh Just, my god. Oh god. Yeah. So great. She went from like I, I talk about insufferable. I don't know. She just really bothered me. She really grated on me at the beginning, and it's just her like her her acerbic. Her acerbic temperament um, is so wonderful. And, you know, like, again, these movies are about love and friendship. You know what and I mean? Family. Like, and family. And uh, family. Yes, of course. Fa- it's Vin Diesel's in this movie. Of course it's about family. <laughs> well, yeah. But, like, yeah. But I also make the family point because, like, you know, like, Nebula's whole thing with Gamora in Volume 2 is just like, I just wanted you to be my sister. I didn't want you to be my enemy. I needed that. And you never gave me that. Right. <laughs> right. Um, Bob says Drax being called the father is better resolution to his arc than killing Thanos. 100%. Oh, for sure. 100%. But that's what, again, these are all like, I mean, this is like, this is humanity, man. I mean, this is like, or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. This is James Gunn just having so much heart. I keep saying that yeah. over and over again, because uh, it's just fucking true, man. The guy yeah. Loaded with heart, like yeah, like Drax doesn't get like Drax doesn't get enough of a character arc in this movie, but I do think that like you know Drax's whole arc up you know in the first two movies and then the Avengers movies was getting vengeance for his family. Well now you know um, Ronan is gone, Thanos is gone. What's life after vengeance? You know he gets to be a dad to all those cute little girls. Right. Um, he handed, he handled, Bob says he handled the Gamora situation like a mature adult in a Disney space movie with talking animals. <laughs> like that, that's, what's so funny, man. Like, I mean, that's like, what's so like, it, when you look at it on paper, it's so ridiculous and yet it works. It just works so well on the screen. It really does. 
Um, and I gotta say, like, again, it goes to show that, like, like, yes, like the antagonistic element was fine. It was fine to uh, another Bob Bob Rosium. It was fine, but it didn't like whatever the antagonist was. Like even like Adam Warlock, I remember that like he, you know, at the in the end credits scene, they're 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 breeding him yeah. to get revenge or whatever. Like it was, but hit whatever he was like, whatever he was trying to get, like him going after them, like it was so inconsequential to me. Like I just like sure it was great, I liked watching it, but like the core of the movie did not rely on plot, even though it's two and a half fucking hours long. It somehow wasn't about plot. It was just like, I, I can't explain it. It's beyond words, it, beyond my vocabulary to explain what it was. And it's still and, a great story. And it's still a great story, man. I, I, I don't think there are many directors, writers who can do that. Yeah. And um, I, I just like, I'm super excited. I know why Bob is super excited for Superman Legacy because. James Gunn is going to take all of that heart. Now it's like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, as we said, was just like a fringe property. Now he's taking one of the centerpieces. I mean, he's, still, he's, he's got all the characters to play with because he's the head of DC. But yeah. he's taking one of the centerpieces that has so much goodwill and now attaching himself to it. And he's probably going to do such incredible things with superman i mean i'm just i'm so high on james gunn right now yeah. after that movie i'm like i i just i know it i know it man and I, frankly i want to see what he's going to do with batman i want to see i i can't oh, imagine sure. it but i want to see it um so smartest thing you could have done was just make let james gunn be the head because that guy you know he just he just has he just has the sensibilities. And I got to say, I will tip my hat off to Marvel in just the look. They basically, without admitting that they were wrong, because they didn't admit they were wrong for what they did to James Gunn. Well, they, they hired him. That's an admission. I was, of course, that's what I'm saying. They, they let him come back to make Guardians 3, which was them admitting, not only admitting that they were wrong, but that they desperately needed him for this yeah. movie. Yeah, you know, like, sorry, go ahead. Like it bears saying again, nobody else could have taken the job because that person was going, you know, because the fandom was going to go over, um, you know, that person's inter entire internet history with a fine tooth comb. And if they found even like one statement, even remotely like what James Gunn was fired for, they were going to be trolling, they were going to be like yeah. bombarding <clears throat> Disney with that statement, being like, you're you're hiring this guy, but you fired James Gunn for basically he had the same leverage. Thing? He had yeah. leverage, whether he knew it at the time or not. I'm sure on some level he must have known because yeah, there's no way that you do two super successful Guardians movies and then you turn it over to someone else. I mean, is there like exception that, for that rule? Sure. Yeah, but yeah, but obviously wouldn't have worked you, without a good reason. I don't think the fans would have uh, would have would have flocked to this movie the way that they have. Um, yes, I do agree. He was really great. Like he was funny, but I don't like. Here's the thing, Bob. I didn't care what his like motivation was. Like it was inconsequential to me. The best part was just him again. His character, just the character, just the just his. He just wanted to be accepted. He just wanted to be like yeah. one of the guys, you know. And that was like, I was like, that's great. 
Like that was just great. Like I didn't, didn't, could not care less whether he completed his goal or didn't complete his goal or whatever it was going for. Um, yeah. And also yeah. I guess one other thought that I did have was um, Disney, <clears throat> Disney corporate take notes from this movie. Um, yeah. You don't, you need to do something over the top, but you just need to tell the best story you possibly can, you know, don't, you know, don't do another um, Thor Love and Thunder. Oof. Try to be more like this. Yeah, you know, for real, for real. And and I just want to say, I mean, it is it, it is crazy. It's so surreal because James Gunn was the writer of Tromeo and Juliet and Citizen Toxie, the Toxic Adventure 4. He was a disciple of Lloyd Kaufman, who's probably never been a prouder papa like i mean lloyd coffin beaming with pride that this protege of his you know just exploded um probably the single biggest thing to come out of trauma like truly um and you know the thing about trauma that that people don't understand is that you know trauma there's lots of slime there's lots of toxic waste and things get sticky and you know what else is sticky do you know what's sticky is it riot stickers it's stickers, particularly Riot stickers. Riot stickers are the official sponsor of the Frumis channel. As you can see, these stickers are printed on vinyl. They are beautiful. They are protected with an IV coating. Um, the vinyl is, is weatherproof and waterproof. These things have an outdoor rating of a minimum of five years. We have a special deal uh, going with riotstickers.com that you can only get here at the bottom of this video. Link is in the description, and that is... Actually, the link is not in the description because I went, whatever, I have to fill that in. I'll, I'll take care of it later. Uh, but basically, you go to actually go to the little scrolling thing at the bottom here. Go to www.ridestickers.com backslash from us where you can get a thousand stickers for $79. Do you know how insane? Do you know how insane that is? I mean, Sharpie Riot, CEO of Riot Stickers, he must be insane to do so. That he must have had the minds, he needs the mind stone. <laughs> to, to clear up his head. He's great. He's nuttier insane. than the high evolutionary. He's nuttier than the high evolutionary. Okay. He's like, it's like someone perfected the sticker game and it's, it's Sharpie riot and he's lost his mind. Do such a great deal. You go to ridestickers.com backslash from us. That's F R U M is in Mary E double S ridestickers.com. Let's listen to the theme song from less than Jake. And don't you forget it. Um, 
Tyrese Daniels says rocket raccoon crying scene. Yeah, dude. I mean, just, just, just unreal. Just unreal. Bob Rose says him being in charge of the bat family will be great. Just even as a producer, Steelhead. just imagine like guardians of the galaxy. We get like one of those slow motion scenes of like Batman walking with, you know, his whole bat, bat family behind him you got ace the bat hound just sort of like it's gonna be great it's gonna be great you know what and i want a bat family hallway fight scene like we had in guardians 3 oh hell yeah dude hell yeah it's gonna be dude it's gonna be it's gonna be cool man the it's i am excited that that hallway fight scene i just gotta say that was crazier than the hallway fights on daredevil I have not, you know, I have not seen, I've heard of these hallway fights. I have not watched the Daredevil or Punisher series, and I really need to. Uh, you really do. Um, I know. They, I know. they have some of the best fight choreography I've ever seen. Um, what was I going to say? And I have to tell you, too, I was watching Shazam. Uh, no, I was watching Black Adam, which I just, I got to tell you, I'm kind of checked out of most superhero movies at this point. Yes, I'm doing a Batman rewatch, but like, I'm tired, man. I'm kind of tired. Like the paint by numbers aspects of so many, like I got to be honest with you. I saw the thing for the Marvels or whatever, like uh, with uh, uh, those three women. Yeah. Uh, I got to tell you, man, I think I'm going to pass, man. I'm just, I'm kind of like, I just don't think I'm, I just don't think I'm down. I think I'm kind of burnt out a little bit. I, you know, I'm excited for fantastic four. I'm excited for X-Men, but like, I got to tell you, man, like, I don't really know what else, where else or what else they're going to do. And it just goes to show you how badly Marvel needed Guardians of the Galaxy 3 after, you know, Endgame and No Way Home. It's like, what's our next thing? I feel like Wakanda forever didn't didn't do exactly what maybe they were hoping it would do. That was an intentionally subtle movie. It was uh, not it um, was subdued because, you know, they were definitely this film had the death of Chadwick Boseman hanging over it. And they really, really tried to acknowledge that. Oh, oh my God. That just reminds me. Bob says, no sleep till Brooklyn is my favorite Beastie Boy song. That whole scene, we get one last Guardians fight. The Guardians, they do their slow-mo thing that they're famous for. And then they go into this hallway fight that is just it's not only is it, it might be one, it, maybe it's not the most epic. It's not but, the most epic battle in a Marvel film. Like you get, you get Endgame, you got Endgame and, and Infinity War for that. But there's, so, it has so much, again, heart. It just, and it, yeah. And it's also done in just one shot. It's one long tracking shot. Oh, is it one long? Oh, I'm sure that it's like, positive. I watched, oh, it. Shots, but I, I watched it twice and yeah. it's, if it's not a, if it's not a, you know, there are no cuts in it, or at least no cuts that I could tell. Or, or uh, no, no, it's probably it's probably created to look like it has no cuts, yeah. but it probably has plenty of cuts. But the idea, it's, the, it's, the concept is, we want one continuous tracking shot. That is rad, uh, and it just shows. It's like here's the guardians at their peak one last time. Before, you know, um, they walk their separate ways. And, you know, they say at the very end, there's an end credit scene. There are two end credit scenes, and they're both yeah. really freaking great. 
It should, we see that there are some time has passed. There's some new guardians. Now Adam Warlock is a guardian, which I loved. I love seeing him as a guardian and the dog is a guardian and the little girl is a guardian. That's great. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and then the, at the very end is, is Peter Quill sitting with his grandpa eating cereal, just talking about mundane lawn mowing. And it's yeah. a star Lord will return. Now and I got to tell you, did yeah, you notice ahead. the headline on the newspaper that uh no that I did not what what oh. is it? okay so it's actually um it's actually a headline about Kevin Bacon being abducted by alien. Oh alien. I did see that. Yes, yes. Yeah. But what does that have to do with anything or Oh, you did not watch the holiday special. No, I did not. The premise of the holiday special. All right, all right, don't spoil it. I'll okay. watch it. Let me just yeah, watch you, it. You should watch it, but like it's a payoff to the Kevin Bacon running gag. Okay, I will definitely watch it. But what's what I what when they say Star Lord will return, I'm kind of like thinking in my head, like give us just Peter Quill on Earth with his like bag of tricks. Like you know, he's still got all his like space tech, and then it's just him, like you know, working like flipping burgers and like just getting hijinks. And I don't know. I think that would be a pretty that would be a fun movie. It, it would be like because you know. Peter Quill's arc has always been him running away from Earth. Even when, like, he actually gets some time to think about being on Earth at, in Endgame, he's just, you know, he's just can't wait to leave. So this is the first right. time he's actually really made a serious return to Earth. So, yeah, um, what's life like on Earth for him in, you know, the 2020s? That yeah. could be fun. You know, you're really good at sort of figuring out people's arcs. Nate, actually, he he once said uh, he was on here and he talked about the core character of what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. And it really blew my mind because I had never thought about it. What did you say, Nate? You said that. All right, I said that basically what Peter Parker wants to do and what Spider-Man has to do are always polar opposites. Right. They're in conflict. Whatever. Peter Parker wants is the opposite of what Spider-Man needs to do. Yeah. And, and he will always choose Spider-Man because right. that is the thing that needs to be done more right. than and anything else on his plate. And he, because has, of great power and great responsibility. Yeah. So he, so he sacrifices the, uh, you know, the school, the career opportunities, the opportunities to go on dates. He sacrifices those when he's faced with that choice. Without and, a second thought, <clears throat> even when it kills him. Yeah, and uh, it, yeah, that man, that was that was that was that's like the the core of the character, and I don't know, it's just that's really great. But I don't yeah. know, you, I, you uh, other superheroes, other Peter superheroes Quill. with uh, secret identities have that <clears throat> problem, but I think Spider Man does it so well. Right. When, yeah, Spider Man is the yeah. Spider Man nails that nails that that core concept so well. Um, I mean, is there really, I'll be honest with you, like, sure. Like seeing the characters pop up here and there is fine, but like, I, I kind of don't think I, I don't think I need any more guardians of the galaxy movies. Like, I think I'm like happy with these three. I feel like it, it wraps itself up really nicely. Like, sure. Like the characters all survive, like have them pop in from here and there time to time. Again, if you I do, would, do a, with that sorry, said though, I would like to see more movies, more stories from that sector of the galaxy, even if they're not on the guardians. Sure. You know, sure. I, I'd love to see the ravager stories. Um, uh, I, I'd love to see the ravager stories. I'd love to see 
well, kind of anything that's happening there. Maybe even just ra- a, a day in the life on nowhere, <laughs> you know, with. I, I don't, you know, I mean, that's cool. I, I personally, I just feel like, I feel like it was just the perfect amount. Like if you have somebody come back, like let's say that they do like encounter the silver surfer and like Galactus and like we're in the the cosmic zone of outer space. Like it's the perfect opportunity to get like rocket raccoon, right? Like just have rocket raccoon. They need some Reed Richards is trying to figure out some future tech rocket raccoon comes in there to help them out. Like for a little bit, like that's cool. You know, like, yeah. is it really fit? No, it's kind of like, you don't really see those characters interacting in the comics, but like considering that rocket is such a, like, I mean, he's the, he's the center of the franchise now. Or he was and, the center of this movie. And he's like, a certified genius. So yeah, you could right. totally have him collaborate with someone like Reed Richards on, on project. paper. It works on paper. It totally, totally works. But you know, it's weird to think it's, it's weird to imagine that Thanos like, and a snap and all that stuff happened with Reed Richards is somewhere on the planet and he just hasn't become Mr. Fantastic yet. But like that, that he, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's weird to think that like this, I mean, Reed Richards is like Illuminati level. I mean, we see him in the Illuminati, which is from the comics uh, in, in Dr. Strange too, you know? So, right. I don't know. I but, thought that was kind but of, that's like, but that's another earth's Reed Richards. Um, Bob says I'd watch a Craglin and Cosmo movie. Okay, <laughs> yeah, sure. that could be Marvel's Turner, own Turner and Hooch. I loved, I loved seeing um Michael Rooker make an uh, just the tiniest of little cameos. Like, how could they not have him there for that moment? It was so perfect. Just that little beat. Um. Oh God! When he dies in the second one, I was so fucking like, um, like incredibly yeah. emotionally sad and amazing. And oh God, I'm gonna, I'm definitely, I'm gonna have to wait a few years to rewatch all of these movies. But like, I will, and it will be a really great rewatch of all three back to back to back. It's gonna be great. Yeah. It's gonna be really great. Uh, although I got to tell you, man, after that, that whole scene with those, with with the, with his friends, with with Teeth. And Layla, Lila, and um, Floor. I mean, that was that was it, really it was hard to watch. Stuff. Like, can I tell you a little secret? Yeah, um, that scene where those where Rocket and those friends give themselves names that was actually put on YouTube to promote the movie. And I wound really? up watching it. And typically, I try to avoid that stuff, that kind of stuff, because I like to go in blind. But this was one of those times where, like, I was really happy to have been able to watch it because I was able to like mentally prepare myself for you know what i was what i thought i was going to see in the movie um and even though there is no like you know even though you don't see anything particularly <laughs> gruesome happen you see the aftermath you know they're in an abusive environment oh. and and like you know having that little bit of prep i think that helped me steal myself for what i you know for what this movie was going to do i you know it's amazing too like just a great example of a chekhov's gun he has that key card. It's the first device that he ever makes really, truly. Yeah. He keeps it on him always. And it's like, he returns to the source. He returns to the beginning to free again, going back to when he frees all the raccoons and he has to use, it's like the only way that he can like move forward in life and like, like feel like whole and like be okay 
is if he takes the first invention he ever did and free and actually uses it to free these these animals. Yeah. And that allows him to free himself from the cage that he's sort of kept himself in his own mind. You know, yeah. I'm not a raccoon, like just all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Like when he um, says later, you know, <clears throat> when he says the high evolutionary, like, you know, he says, my name is Rocket Raccoon. That is so cathartic. It is him accepting yeah. what he is. Right. Right. Which is honestly, there's one other moment. I, I, I'm i going to end it here. Um, unless there's, is there anything else we're missing? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we, we pretty hit much all covered it. Yeah. We hit all the beats. Um, so I'll end it with this, that what I was reminded of when he says, I am Rocket Raccoon is one of my favorite moments uh, in any movie, really. And again, it's this idea of gnosis. It's this idea of like just self-knowledge. Um, and every time I watch this part of this movie, like I, I get choked up and I almost want to cry. I just like, just even thinking about it makes me want to cry is when um, Peter Pan in Hook, I love Hook. I think Hook is one of Steven Spielberg's best movies. Um, it's often considered for some reason, like uh, millennials like Hook because they grew up with it. But like, it's, you know, I don't know. It was critically panned and Spielberg isn't too stoked on it. I mean, I think it's certainly age as well because it's like, it's a movie <clears throat> about, you know, connecting, you know, reconnecting with your inner youth. And, you know, just right. finding that little part of you that that little part of you that's always going to be there. Right. And there's this moment. Yeah. And obviously that, you know, that's what that's what that's what uh, Hook is all about. You know, um, uh, remembering who you really are inside, just like all the, like everything that we were just talking about. But there's this moment where he he finally transforms into Peter Pan and Rufio goes, <clears throat> what does he see? It says you can. You can do this and you could do that. You can, uh, oh, you can, you can dance, you can play ball and you can. And then he raises his, his sword into the air and he just crows. And when he crows, it's honestly one of the most, it's so fucking beautiful because it's somebody coming in contact with what they truly are and being at peace with themselves and embracing themselves completely. And it's like, again, using that word gnosis and using the word again, catharsis. This It's this inner catharsis, this beautiful uh, bursting of emotion in understanding who and what you are in the world. And uh, when he crows and he looks up in the sky, and it's just a, this, this beautiful moment of triumph. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's I just, kind of where that's kind of the last shot of right. He's rocket. He's just he's crawling. He's looking up to the sky. He's so yeah. And well, he's also, but also when he says, "I am Rocket Raccoon," yeah, that is him crowing. He finally is able to realize that I am a raccoon, and that was the problem. He had to free the the rack. He literally had to free the raccoon from the cage in order for him to be okay. He yeah. was never going to be okay. And that's why he always had a chip on his shoulder in all, all the times he shows up in movies, right? Yeah, he could never accept himself. He could just never accept himself. And then the moment that he accepts himself, he is able to finally take on God. It's yeah. really weird. Really weird. Great. It's just excellent. Bob Rose loves Hook. But Bob Rose is like me. Bob Rose and I, we love 
movies that people hate. That's just. <laughs> it's, I mean, honestly, art is subjective. Art is very subjective. Like you love you love the Schumacher Batman movies and passionately, passionately. passionately. And you know you are in <laughs> your and your feelings on that matter are totally valid. <laughs> that's that's Nate Dogg's way of being like, and I totally disagree. <laughs> but like, but that's the point. That is I'm the free, point. I'm free to not like it as you are to love it. Um, yeah, and Howard the Duck. That's right. Howard the Duck makes an appearance too. That was great yeah. to see him. I think he's in something else. Wasn't Howard the Duck in in another? He he he's thinks he's only, in uh, Captain Marvel. Maybe he's he shows up somewhere else. Um, the only outside of the Guardians movies, I've only I think people have caught him in Endgame during that massive final battle. Uh, maybe uh, just like an Easter egg. It, it's a little bit of an Easter egg. Uh, beyond that, that though, cool. I, I like that's why I want to see more more movies from this sector i mean <laughs> like yeah get, you know give howard the duck something to do give cosmos something here's, to okay here's to my do. here's my one thing though like i'm not saying i'm not I, I i not that i disagree with you but in my mind i'm like what do you give how do you give how like i mean I, we, we've seen what a full what a what a whole howard the duck movie looks like you i'm get, not saying uh, it has to be the protagonist but give you know you get duck condoms when you get you get duck Duck condoms and a half naked Leah Thompson when you when you do a full feature length uh, 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 Howard the Duck movie, but like I, I feel like some of these characters are uh, serve the best when they're just when they're just in a scene or two. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, so that's also valid. So I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if I need like a full this guy movie or that guy movie or. Like if they did a Star Jammers movie, you know Star Jammers from X Men, you know the um, yeah. with Scott uh, Scott Summers's uh, Scott Summers's uh, dad uh, as Corsair and stuff. Like I don't know if I need to see a Star Jammers movie. Like I want to see the Star Jammers pop in for a second and leave. I don't need to. Uh, or same thing with like um, uh, Alpha Flight. <clears throat> right. I do not need an Alpha Flight movie. I need a single scene. Where the X Men venture into Canada and bump into Alpha Flight, and that's funny. Like, wow, great! Oh, look at Sasquatch, and now we're we're you know. So I don't know, I don't know. Um, I, you know, I'm trying to think of like if there is something on the periphery like that that I do need. One thing I very much want to see that they very they could do. I would love to see Red Hulk versus Green Hulk. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be interesting, or just World War Hulk, like a proper World War Hulk. Would I, be I feel like those things are on the table. I don't know if you've seen like uh, She Hulk, but they have teased. Have not, have not. Oh, do okay. not spoil. I do want to watch that. No. Yeah, watch that. yeah. Uh, like you, when you see it, you'll see that I, I think that they are open to the possibilities of doing more with Hulk lore. Wow, Bob Rose says he his number one choice to direct a Marvel movie would be Howard. I've said this for decades. I'm a big fan of the comics. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't. I don't need it, man. I just don't need it. I, what I do need, I need like, I. You know what I would want to see? I want to see like you know what your next Avengers level event? They did it in the Ultimate, the Ultimates. Remember when Ultimates was like super? Brian Michael Bendis did the Ultimates, where they all go up against Hulk in Manhattan, the Manhattan incident, where yeah, Hulk is like eating. That. Hulk is straight up eats people like he's like just 
absolutely i love the hulk the ultimate version of the hulk and um he's really he's a he's very much an antagonist in the ultimates and i want to see like the hulk is like a world level threat the hulk is coming back to earth he's pissed everybody is rallying against um the, the hulk and whatever is is coming world war hulk that would be friggin that would be gnarly to see, like oh, live action be. style. And then Nick Fury pops up. Oh no, that's uh, Secret Invasion. My bad. They all kind of blur. They all yeah. kind of blur together. Secret Invasion's point. coming later this year, right? That, but that's going to be a show, right? That's going to be, a, yeah, it's going to be a show. <clears throat> Which means they're not going to use that many characters. You know, when they do that, they always, they're like, okay, let's take three characters. See, that's the one thing I don't like about Marvel. I guess. I feel like you've established so many fucking people. And obviously what it really comes down to is it comes down to money, comes down to actors and agents and business. That's what's right. preventing this from happening. Cause if it was animated, it would totally happen at this point where you've established so many mother effing people, so many properties at this point that they all should be able to crisscross at any given moment in time. This one's guest starring here. This one's guest starring here. But the problem with that is, Actor actors are the thing that that bottleneck that because yeah, this is all- when it's live action it, you gotta you know you have to have all those moving parts move in tandem yeah. just to get a movie off the ground scheduling scheduling also it just with animation it's you know it's it's easier to you know at least go on and create the thing even if you don't have all the actors you want that's why when you had when you had like remember that '90s Spider-Man show and then like I loved that Spider-Man. Show I love that yeah. Spider-Man show with Avi Avid's uh, Spider-Man and like you know what was great about it like every, like oh here's the X-Men the X-Men just popped in there out of nowhere you know and and the X-Men show they had did a really good job they really dived deep into the X-Men vaults and yeah. they just they really I mean they had the Brood. You had the Morlocks. I mean, they went all out, and it's like, and it's also like, that show also did also nailed the social commentary that the X Men comics were going for. Sure, sure, absolutely. Like it, um, it worked on so many levels. We're we've reached a, a nice round hour, and I think that's a good place to stop. I want to thank uh, I want to thank my good friend Nate Dog for um, hopping on and and talking turkey with me, and he's going to be back here tomorrow night. Tomorrow night around this time, we're going to be knee deep in my shadow. Bob Rose has been in the comments. He's he's playing shadow. Uh, wait until you hear his shadow voice. It's great. Wait until you hear Nate Dog try not to laugh when he's talking about uh, Lond Pickleman. Lond Pickleton. Lond See, Pickleman I just did it without even. Without, yeah. Mustard McNasty is a live action uh uh, character from a previous one of my shorts the sangria series he's the uh antagonist in sangria i just recycled the character name nice um, for that one and and lond lond pickleman is uh is a, a bob rose creation that has was not only in gouge away briefly but now i was like i gotta fold him in to to this one as well I don't know if we'll see him on 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 uh, uh, cut to him, but just having a name cameo I thought would be really fun to write in. So tune in tomorrow night for my shadow. This is uh, very 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 like interesting sort of experiment we're trying to do on this channel. It's not an original concept. I mean, people have been doing audio plays forever. 
It's just that as an independent filmmaker wanting to make another film, but not having the resources or the logistics in place to do so at this time, but wanting to sort of workshop and, and just do something with the script, with the idea, the original vision before it gets scaled down, chopped down, we're doing this audio play. And I got to tell you, I was listening back to our rehearsal and uh, to, to, for, for notes to, to give to the, the readers, the actors. And um, it was really cool, man. Like uh, maybe cause I wrote it, I can see it in my mind very easy, but just listening back. Yeah. This is the movie that you're making in your mind. You have to make the movie in your mind. If you're listening back to like in your own. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking in my head, maybe, maybe, there is that i, I can't I should... remember i can't remember who said this but somebody once said you make when you when you actually create a film you make three movies there's the movie you make in your mind the movie you actually shoot and then the movie you make in the editing room so yeah uh, there so, there's that's true so tomorrow night we are getting the version of my shadow that jeff has made purely in his mind that's a good way to put it and so i'm very excited and it you know i'm thinking in my head Maybe I will write something that's perf that's intended to be an audio play, meaning that it's not supposed to be a feature-length film down the road, and do something else that's meant for the channel purely as an audio play for the channel. So it's like I'm something I'm never intending to shoot, something so ambitious and outrageous that is just meant to be solely for the theater of the mind. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Well, if you do it, I'll be happy to be part of it. Uh, and I'll be happy to tap you for it. Uh, again, thank you, Nate Dog. Peace and hair grease, everybody. Check out the uh, check out riotstickers.com. I'm not going to play you out with the Patreon, but go check out the Patreon as well. Uh, we will see you next time.